Go ahead and pick your speed up your number one now. Runway 27, clear to land green dot. Welcome to Oshkosh, guys. Hello and welcome to the Green Dot, EAA's podcast for anyone and everyone who loves aviation. The Green Dot, sponsored by GE Aviation. I'm Hal Bryan. I'm Senior Editor for Print and Digital Content and Publications here at EAA and one of your hosts on the Green Dot. Over there across the table, it's... And your other host today, Tom Sharpentier, Government Relations Director. Normally, Chris Henry would be sitting right next to me, but he's been kidnapped and was last seen in Pittsburgh. So if you see Chris, just tell him good luck. Joining us today, uh, we're trying something uh, through the magic of technology. We're reaching out to a couple of our co-workers who are um, enjoying both sun and fun at Sun and Fun. So, uh, hello and welcome to uh, Dennis Dunbar, Director uh, Air Venture Air Show Operations, and, uh, and my boss, Jim Busha, the Director of Publications. Hey, guys. Hey, Al. Hi, Tom. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing great. Um, we're in a basement while you're in Florida. So... We got that going for us. So, who wants to start? Tell us, uh, tell us what you guys are doing down there first. Uh, what uh, What are your roles at Sun and Fun? How about you, Jim? Hell, I'm down here trying to uh, cultivate and uh, grab some stories for the magazine and uh, possibly video. Uh, looking for airplanes that you know don't normally make it up to Air Ventures. Uh, some of the lower powered airplanes that just just don't want to make that trek up to uh, Oshkosh. And have you uh, found anything cool so far? I know as we're recording this, it's uh, Thursday afternoon, and we're going to turn this one around pretty quickly, but uh, Sun and Fun not necessarily in, in uh, full swing yet. Well, ironically, yeah. And uh, what's interesting about that, Hal, is one of the airplanes I found was a uh, clip-wing Cub, just restored in February. Uh, but the ironic thing about that, earlier I told you I looked for airplanes that don't normally travel to AirVenture. Uh, this gentleman, named Jeff Nelson, EA member from the Kenosha area, uh, left Kenosha 19 degrees and flew it down to Florida, um, which is kind of backwards on what I'm looking for, but it's such a beautiful airplane, beautiful restoration, actually came out of the Piper factory as a sprayer. Um, in 1946, and he still has the original tank, uh, spray tank uh, that came with it. Oh, that sounds very cool. And for those that don't know, Kenosha is just a bit south of us here in uh, in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. So the uh, the the aircraft did it come out of the factory as a clip wing? I thought those were all modifications afterwards. I, I think the airplane uh, was modified later, Tom, to be a, a clip wing. It did come out though, as like I said, as a as a sprayer with the uh, hopper tank uh, installed. So that's yeah, an interesting combination. Ah, that's excellent. So uh, we'll talk more about what you guys have been seeing uh, here in just a second. So, uh, so Dennis, you're the director of AirVenture Airshow Operations, uh, but uh, but you're down there at Sun and Fun. Are you uh, are you lost and confused, or do you have some other mission in mind, or or all of the above? Uh, well, I'm. Typically lost and confused, so that's really not a difference. But I'm enjoying it down here with absolutely no responsibilities whatsoever. <laughs> um, I, I just, when I say that, actually got a pretty full agenda with meetings, a lot of the coordination meetings. Uh, Sun of Fun provides a great opportunity for me to meet with different, you know, like warbirds, and a lot of the performers that we have are here. I've recently completed 
the first draft of our detailed air show schedule that shows slot by slot what's going to occur. Now, I will end up with 87 versions later come July 23rd, but um, I take this opportunity at Sun and Fun to kind of meet with the performers, make sure they're good with the certain days and slots we have. There's no conflictions, things like that. Um, it's a kind of big game in catchers to make all the pieces work in both the logistical and entertaining uh, standpoint at the same time. So um, it's uh, coming to Sunnifund really provides a lot of, uh, of value from that perspective to do some of the coordination that will pay off come July. That's excellent. Is there anybody performing at Sun and Fun that you've never seen perform before? Uh, yeah, there is. Um, you know, there's there's some some revised acts out there that we're looking at. Uh, there's uh, an act that, well, for example, David Martin in the in the Baron uh, doing an aerobatic routine in a Baron. Um, that's, that's pretty cool. He's done in the past that he kind of dusted it off and. He did a show late last year at Fort Worth Alliance in it, and he's done Son of Fun. I'll do a few more before he comes up to Oshkosh. Uh, so it's it's nice to see that we talked to David about uh, you know kind of reintroducing this act for Adventure next year to give us a little more variety in the show. Uh, so we're very grateful that he's done that. So it's nice to see. Um, there's there's um, you know, there's, there's always something to learn from any year so you go to around the country that we can apply at Oshkosh. Now, you were saying before we started uh, that you were just been hiding in your office and you haven't been outside even once. Um, I, I'm guessing that's not true. You must be getting out at least a little bit. Uh, here, I've been outside most of the time. It's uh, <laughs> leading up to this. Uh, so, you know, I, I think in a previous podcast, I mentioned some of the planning that goes into Oshkosh. And back in August, our features and attraction team gets together and we come up with many of the various themes that we uh, look to pull off the following summer. And uh, we shoot, let's say I'll say, shoot for the moon and you'll end up with the stars or shoot for the stars, you'll end up on the moon. Uh, uh, <laughs> Something we, like that. We, typically, when we come up with these themes, they don't all come to fruition. However, this year we were very successful and uh, we've had great uh, uh, interest in, in these themes, so they're developing nicely. And it has created an embarrassment of riches for this year's air venture. So it's made scheduling all of that quite a challenge. So I spent the last, like, 10 days locked in my office doing my best Howard Hughes impression uh, <laughs> to get uh, the schedule done to come to Sun and Fun. And I think... I think our members are going to really enjoy what they see this year at Oshkosh. It's uh, we've got a wide range of themes and things that folks haven't seen before. I think there's going to be several of those only in Oshkosh moments. That's terrific. Yeah, I think the um, uh, you've really done a great job in the last uh, couple of years of bringing a lot of variety to the show here in Oshkosh. Just um, uh, it doesn't really feel like a typical air show, and I know that that's completely by design. But there's uh, there's just you, you might see a warbird, you might see more of a traditional uh, you know air show aerobatic act, you might see a vintage aircraft, and in, in even in the case of the uh, of the Baron and uh, and the Bonanza that we've had in the past, you know, an actual just plain old standard category aircraft doing an aerobatic routine. So it's a uh, it's a it's a really uh, neat mix that uh, that that you're able to bring to uh, to the show. 
And that uh, that well, bearing... thanks, Tom, but it really is that team. And I think that's one of the key things that we have going for us is this team approach that we take to uh, the air show because I certainly wouldn't be able to pull all these unique things together just alone. And, and you know, I'm just looking here at this list. And uh, I've got one page of kind of traditional air show performers, and I have another page that's kind of off the wall, different things that you don't see at normal shows. And they are identical in length. Um, so I, we've been watching this second page grow over the last five years. And, um, and I think our members have appreciated that through our feedbacks and things. So we're trying to continue to improve upon uh, that's uh that's excellent that baron act sounds intriguing it's uh it, it, it makes me think just a little bit of uh, of course of uh, the great bob hoover and and the shrike commander doing an aerobatic routine in, in a light twin that that at first glance has no business doing aerobatics whatsoever well when i when i just looking at this list and you mentioned it, i mean the baron is actually on that page of conventional air show act so and <laughs> so is that yak 110 and I know we just released yesterday on social media a video of the Yak-110 flying with, for its first flight with the jet. Yep. And for those listeners that aren't familiar, what the Yak-110 is, is essentially two Yak-55s that they have uh, melded together uh, to form a twin-engine, twin-fuselage, twin-tail boom, Yak-110, 55 times 2, and then they slung a jet engine under the middle of it. And this thing is flying. I've been talking to Jeff and Dell, and uh, the the performance on this aircraft is they're, they're shocked at how I think our, our folks are going to be excited by seeing it. I noticed some of the responses on that social media page were like, why? Why? <laughs> why not is why what not? I say. Yeah. And I think this plane really kind of captures that innovative uh, spirit that so many of our EA members have, you know, when they go back to their hangars, garages, you know, you had Mark Harmon on the show last couple of times ago, so I'm going to say basements, and build their um, build their aircraft. So uh, I think this is right up EA's alley. That's perfect. I'd, I'd really like to know on that Yak 110 what happens when the uh, two pilots get into an argument over who should be flying. <laughs> And it is uh, it is fully dual control. I, I did a short story on it uh, already for the web when it first flew. There's a couple of things that are only in one cockpit. I think maybe the air show smoke and a few other things like that. But but it is primary. It is uh, fundamentally still a dual control airplane. So Jim, let's come back to you uh, for just a minute uh, as you as you're wandering around the grounds down okay. here. Is uh, I know this is like asking you to pick your favorite kid. And come on, we know it's Charlie. Um, is there a favorite airplane? Is there something favorite you've seen so far? Um, I'm just kidding. Jim doesn't have a favorite kid. He's a good father. You know, there is many, and I, and I suppose it depends on, on what area you're in. I mean, I mean, one of the one of the crown jewels, and I'll brag for EAA on this one, is our 2018 uh, sweepstakes, uh, 1941 J3 Cub. I mean, it has been just a mob around this airplane and both Ron and Don Wade, the brothers from uh, C&D and Don's Dream Machines out of Bessemer, Alabama, have just done an incredible job restoring that airplane. And uh, uh, one of the EAA employees down here actually talked with a Delta pilot 
who he hadn't seen in years. And he said, I didn't know you came to Sun and Fun. He said, I, I didn't come for the show. I came to see this, this Cub. I want to win it. Um, there's a lot of interest in it, and it is stunning, Hal. It, it's just beautiful. Um, and, you know... In the, the Warburg... Go ahead. I was just going to say, the... Uh... I think the the only, and I say this uh, talking to my boss, so here's hoping I don't get fired on air. Um, but uh, I think the only real downside to being an EA employee is that we're we're the you know hundred and some people who simply aren't eligible. We can't win that cup. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, I can I can maybe help you with that this year when I get back, but probably <laughs> not. I, I need you, Al. You're a great writer. So oh, I need you. wow! And we've got that recorded. I'm going to be playing that. That's my new ringtone. Yes, that's going to be my new ringtone. Um, I need you, Hal. You're uh, a great writer. It's okay, Jim. I'm here. So in the Warbird area, I mean, there is a diverse group of aircraft over there as well. You've got two B-17s. You've got a Bearcat, the A-20 from Lewis Air Collections that, that were uh, air legends that were uh, in Oshkosh last year. Uh, Glacier Girl, P-38 Lightning, you know, a handful of Mustangs, T-28s and T-6s, which Dennis can allude to. I think you're going to see a lot of them at Oshkosh as the T-6 celebrates its uh, 80th anniversary. Yep. That's right, Jim. We've got the NADA has really stepped up, the North American Trainer Association, and uh, coordinating a call out to all North American trainers, really, not just the T6s. And, you know, we're going to uh, devote a serious uh, portion of the show on Tuesday to uh, NADA. The, uh, they've worked out some really neat things uh, with the formations for the Warbird show that you'll see. Uh, we've also invited the Canadian Harvards, the Geico Skytypers. And the aerosol aerobatic team to represent the T6s. And I think you'll find that, you know, these are, well, you've got the SMJs with Geico, you've got the Harvards with the Harvards, and the T6s with aerosol. And their routines are all very different, but they, they show off the aircraft so well. You've got Trojan Thunder with the T28s. Um, uh, and so it's, it's unusual that we would typically have that many teams, uh, particularly at the same, you know, radial warbird kind of uh, demographic. But uh, in light of this anniversary, I think we put it together in a way that our crowd is going to enjoy picking out the intricacies of each demonstration. Perfect. And the, uh, Dennis, I noticed that they're, um, they're, on some of the social media coming back from there, There's uh, the movie Memphis Bell is uh, featured quite prominently. Um, that was... Uh, Kind of ties into the uh, to the unveiling of the uh, of the restoration in Dayton uh, next month. Yeah, they've been down here touring in Florida, doing lots of shows with the movie Memphis Bell. I'm always afraid to talk about the Memphis Bell because um, we got uh, oh my goodness, no, his name, your co-host, uh, Chris. Chris Henry, Chris Henry. Henry. Is the Boy, he misses one show and we forget all about him. <laughs> I love you, Chris Henry. I can't believe I just did that. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. Well, that'll be his um, new ringtone. <laughs> but Chris, Chris Henry knows everything about B-17s and, and will probably correct anything I say that's wrong about it. So, yeah. We'll just keep talking about Chris like he's not here because he's not. So that works out. Uh, 
that works out yeah, very he's well. Probably an hour. I forgot his name. Yeah. I feel bad about it. Um, so a little for uh, I guess a question for both of you. Um, uh, we heard a little bit earlier this week. Now, obviously, uh, both EAA and Sun and Fun have had its share of uh, quite awful weather events over the years. Uh, this probably doesn't compare quite that much, but I heard there was a little bit of rain earlier this year, a little bit of flooding. How did they show handle that? They've done a pretty good job. I mean, I mean you were here for it. I, I was here, but, uh, you know, I talked with Dennis the uh, day after it rained, and, and uh, he said that Florida had been dry and needed the rain, and it, it absorbed. You could not really tell uh, it had rained hard the day before, uh, and it did. It, it, it rained all day. I showed up the day after, and there's no sign of any flooding. I, and the airplanes came in mass yesterday. Uh, they're coming in mass again today. I spoke with Gene Conrad, who's the airport director in Lakeland, does a phenomenal job running this airport, and such a strong partner for Sun and Fun. Um, and uh, he was really happy with the numbers that were coming in, and. I think everybody's pretty happy. Gene's also a volunteer on the Eros team in Oshkosh. So he's got some family roots up there. And uh, uh, But uh, I think they're pretty happy with the way things are going. I think it's a good crowd. And and uh, that's a good sign for things to come in July. I, you know, it seems when you know, Sun and Fun has a good year, we have a good year. Uh, I think Sun and Fun is important to this industry. It's kind of a kickoff to the air show season but also just kind of gets you know, time to start yeah get the airplanes out of the hangar and go right. flying again right yeah absolutely here here you know as you're talking about the weather down there i, I should point out that uh, that we're expecting as many as several inches of snow uh, here this coming weekend so just enjoy the sun while you can soak it up bring some back whatever <laughs> yeah you we know. uh we probably are going to be very selfish with that hell yes. and have decided to uh, stay another week just just in case we've missed a, a one or two stories. So, sure. Uh, could... You know, it's it's a it's a sacrifice we have to make, but we're willing to do it. Well, your office will still be on fire whenever you get back. I can promise you that. So, <laughs> so Jim, as you uh, for both of you guys, you've been cruising around. I've heard about some of the warbirds that are there, and, and a few other things. Uh, uh, what about some of our other categories? Any uh, any any vintage types uh, standing out? Uh, other than, of course, our sweepstakes cub, which I guess we have yeah, to say is the best one ever. Beautiful, beautiful vintage airplanes that are here. Uh, I talked to a gentleman that we're going to do a feature story on with a Piper Tri Pacer. Uh, he actually, uh, his father owned it uh, in Texas, and when he was six or seven, he started flying with his dad and learned to fly in that airplane, and then, you know, life took over. Dad, dad sold the airplane. Well, this gentleman found it uh, and then had it fully restored and uh, worked with Clyde the Cub, Dr. Smith, just to get it back to uh, factory correct, and how it is a it is a 10. It is just gorgeous uh, with the maroon and cream and um, has the old radio, narco radio package oh, in there wow. and just a stunning example. And, you know, a, a really an affordable airplane for entry level, as you know. Right. Uh, Tri-Pacer, my, my favorite nose wheel airplane, my favorite nose dragger, as they as they sort of say. Uh, so what about uh, um, what about home belts? 
and I know sometimes home-built turnout oh. at, Osh- at uh, Son of Fun, excuse me, <laughs> is uh, sometimes it's stronger than others. How does it look this year? Yeah, it was a, it was a little weak uh, at the beginning part of the week, uh, and I think because of weather concerns. But, you know, I mean, the RVs, by all means, take over. Um, there are a lot, a lot of RVs. Uh, your Jet Easy that you did a story on oh, was right. here. Uh, the SXs, many of them, Spruce Creek flew over for the day. Um, and uh, we found an RV3 that uh, a gentleman, uh, it's his third airplane he's built, uh, that we're going to do a story on. And it's just it's just a beautiful, beautiful example uh, that he finished in February. Uh, that's excellent. And what's going on over at uh, Paradise City, the uh, sort of Sun and Fun's uh, ultralight area? You know, I have to say that that this year I've never seen more activity uh, at Paradise City, and not only from manufacturers, but the crowds, the enthusiasm, and it's an it's an entry point into aviation. Uh, talk to many of the manufacturers; uh, they're five to six months uh, behind in orders, and and some of them are working seven days a week. To fulfill these orders, uh, one unique one that I hope you get to to fly at AirVenture Hall is uh, the Just Aircraft Corporation came out with a, a Part 103 legal uh, ultralight, and uh, Troy is is planning on putting floats on this aircraft and then having it at the seaplane base at AirVenture. I think it's going to be a huge hit. Uh, you know, Sarah Nissler, our, our digital editor, did. Um, did a Facebook with Troy and a walk around of the uh, aircraft. And uh, you have to look for that at EAA's uh, Facebook page. Uh, that's excellent. Yeah. I, I want to I add something that what I noticed in Paradise City, a lot of young kids. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I noticed last year at Oshkosh, I saw more young people than I have in a while. Boy, that's a good thing. We need to keep working on that. But what I, I was just taken back today, walking through Paradise City, and seeing all the young interested, and that's another key word. They weren't just, you know, here because mom and dad said you got to come. They were interested in what they were seeing yeah, in there, and they want to fly. Yeah. yeah. And then you know, I, I barged in on that meeting you were in this afternoon, yeah. and there were those two young, uh, 16, 18 year olds, leading a meeting, taking their leadership from EAA, and they opened there, and they just kind of took charge and. Boy, that was good to see the youth not just here and all, but participate and being involved and active. And you know, we all need to keep stressing that. So, very refreshing. Big signs, but we can't. We got to keep pushing it. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jim, do you um? You know, during uh, Sun and Fun, just like at Oshkosh, it's a bit of a trade show, too. Well, it's actually a very big trade show, and uh, there are always some product announcements. Um, have Have you been uh, keeping up with that? Are there, uh, are there any particularly notable ones that, that are down there right now? You know, I know uh, Bose came out with a new uh, headset that they, they've announced. Um, I'll be quite honest with you, Tom. I've been so busy tra- trying to track down stories for the magazine. I've neglected the uh, buildings and uh, not really spent a lot of time in there. I know PS Engineering has come out with some new products as well. Mark uh, 
from that uh, company uh, is excited to share that with our members as well. Um, I don't know. I, I made a quick check through some of the buildings today, and there seemed to be a lot of activity in there. I noticed, stay tuned, we're going to be announcing something at Oshkosh. So hopefully we'll see some more announcements. Right, right. So, uh, Jim, I have to ask you, have you seen, uh, have you seen my pal James, don't call him Jim, Weeby, uh, flying the, the chipper? I know he's down there with it, and he's got, uh, he's got the metal wing on it uh, instead of the, the fabric cover, like when I flew it and did the story. Well, I was thinking of you today, Hal, uh, when I was in Paradise City. Yeah, he was actively flying that, and the rate of climb on that is just incredible. Uh, and I know you were lucky enough to fly it, and I can only imagine what that was like. That was a um, that was a real kick, a really impressive airplane. And you, you mentioned uh, Just Aircraft and their new uh, new ultralight. It's um, it's exciting to hear that that's been announced. Troy was teasing that to me just a little bit. So I did a story, was it? I must have been last year uh, that uh, about the uh, the Super Stole, and uh, and got to fly that one as uh, as well. Very very fortunate there. Yeah, when they mentioned uh, Just Aircraft, I thought they were gonna you know they, they're really heavily into the super stole kind of stuff. I thought they were, you know, coming out with an aircraft that could literally hover or something, right. you know. <laughs> like a, the ultra stole. Yeah. Or the, it's so stole that we're serious this time or something. But uh, but uh, great <laughs> to see them heading into the 103 world. It's nice to see people, uh, you know, continuing to support that side of aviation because there's so much opportunity there. Yeah. You know, I know, Jim, you've got some ultralight background. You know, my, uh, technically, my first solo was in a, Quicksilver uh, way back uh, in the early 80s when I was just 14. So it's a, it's a great, great side of aviation to look at. Definitely. And, and again, I, I can't emphasize enough the interest down there. And uh, like Dennis said, the youth movement down there. I, I think that's a good sign for aviation. I really do. And uh, uh, especially when, when they're behind in manufacturing, uh, that means people are buying airplanes. Which, which we need. And uh, what a better entry point, as you know, than to, to fly either light sport or ultralight. Yeah. And actually, uh, you know, on the ultralight side too, I've noticed even just in the last couple of months here, there's really starting to be a real groundswell, real renaissance of uh, powered parachuting. I just see a lot more of that uh, nowadays. A lot more questions coming to the advocacy department about, you know, uh, how aviation policy um, interacts with those aircraft and, uh, or I guess vehicles technically as they're, uh, as they are on the rule. Um, so it, it does seem like that segment's enjoying a little bit of a, of an uptick right now, which is really great to see. They certainly are. I've stopped by our friends at Aviator PPG, the, those that are uh, involved in our, if you remember in our night shows we fly the paradigm aerobatic team uh, and you know they have a business down here in florida and uh, they're they're just booming they're they're growing they're putting more schools through more more students through and they've done a, a pretty good job marketing themselves but the whole sport the whole industry seems to be doing that now speaking of that uh, that end of things like you, you mentioned the ppgs the powered paragliders um uh, last year we had the uh, the paradigm uh, powered paraglider sort of formation display team um, at uh, at AirVenture kicking off. Uh, uh, they were part of the Twilight Flight Fest, if I remember correctly. Um, are we looking at doing that same sort of thing again this year at Oshkosh, Dennis? 
Yeah, we are absolutely. They, you know, they fly in our night shows and in the Twilight Flight Fest. And part of when we, they debuted their team at, at Oshkosh two years ago during the night show. And I'd, I'd like, you know, part of the reason that we did that was to help promote that segment of aviation. And um, maybe it worked a little bit because we are seeing this, this boom down there. And, you know, that's if, if, you know, if we can be successful in that way, I mean, that's, that's what we really want to do. So I look at it as a, as a strong success uh, the gateway and you know the whole twilight flight fest in itself is really designed to show people gateway past the aviation uh, you know some of the stole aircraft that we have flying in there have been modified so much that they're pretty expensive airplanes but a lot of those are aircraft that you can buy relatively cheap and get into aviation the powered paragliders pretty cheap way in aviation 3drc it's a good way for folks to start understanding flight and getting involved. So uh, the Twilight Flight Fest was, we, we didn't really know how that was going to turn out last year, but the response, the feedback was just overwhelmingly supportive. So we are absolutely doing that again this year. We're growing it a little bit from the flying perspective. Uh, there are going to be some additional elements to what you see in the air, but we, we are taking steps to make a better uh, spectator experience down there. There's going to be food and beverage available down there this year. We're doing some things uh, you know, with lighting and amenities so more people can see the venue um, to be able to handle uh, the crowds we had last year, plus the growth we expect to see this year. And we didn't really market the Twilight Flight Fest last year because we didn't know how it was going to turn out, but we are now, and it was, I encourage everyone to come see it. It is, it is a lot of fun, uh, good-natured, family-friendly fun. Absolutely, yes. Having seen it last year uh, for a little bit here and there, I can I can wholeheartedly agree. Uh, we'll I, be doing those on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday nights, the nights that we don't have our traditional night air show. Right, so. uh, also, on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday nights, we're going to be flying the World War One aircraft. Uh, so at oh, 8 a.m., wow, between top of four and top of five off the grass there down by Vintage, um, we're going to be flying the World War One aircraft up until sunset after the airport closes. At the same time, 8 I said a.m., I'm sorry, I'm at 8 p.m. <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, at the same time, the uh, stole competition will be that runs longer in between that that part lasts about 45 minutes. So folks come over to watch World War One aircraft and then walk uh, 500 feet over to the ultralight strip to watch the um, uh, flight fest. Perfect. So, uh, Dennis, a moment ago, you talked about having more amenities down there at Twilight Flight Fest. You mentioned food, so I've got to ask, how's, uh, how's the food been at Sun and Fun? And specifically, uh, is that vendor who specializes, uh, ironically, in Wisconsin cheese curds there this year? Well, I don't even know what the last part of your question was, because Boucher and I both about beat each other up, because we both have a favorite food here. Go ahead, Boucher. <laughs> i, I got to tell you, it's, it's a tradition every time I come here. I had one of uh, Plant City's. Uh, famous 
fresh strawberry shakes, and they are just, man, they are to die for. They, they are wonderful. They are pretty good, but I'm still the fan. The number one is the Amish donuts that they have over by the Customs <laughs> and Border Protection. They come out of there hot and gooey <laughs> and big, and oh, they are so good. I'm living on them. And, hey, Hal, Tom, we, we got the cutoff from uh, Sarah. We have to give up this room for a meeting with uh, Ken, who I believe is trying to uh, do some sort of bloody coup to take over the green dot. So he's uh, he's been trying. That's, uh, yeah. that's, uh, that's Ken Sesmersma, our vice president of something or other, uh, who's uh, horning in down there. <laughs> totally unacceptable. Uh, and it's been a long time since Sarah gave us the cutoff signal. It's kind of like old times. We got Ty on this end, and Ty says we can go for another six hours if we want to. But, uh, oh, no, oh, no, 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 never mind. Ty's giving me the cutoff signal, too. Okay. All right, guys. Well, Jim, I'll just, I'll just remind you that, you know, if you want really good food, you're in the land of Waffle House. So, uh, so yeah, get away I, from the grounds and, uh, and go have a waffle uh, on me, or at least in my honor. Tried that the first night. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Sarah, the voice of Sarah, and she said to be tried. Well, we'll have to hear more about that uh, another time. So, in the meantime, uh, thank you guys both so much for uh, for taking the time to join us. Appreciate you putting up with the uh, the technical challenges of getting connected between our two locations. So, Dennis, uh, thanks so much, Jim. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for all your help in making this possible. Thanks, as always, to everybody out there listening. Uh, you give us feedback on uh, our blog posts uh, that accompany the podcast releases. You write reviews on iTunes and other places. Uh, please, please, please keep those coming. Uh, uh, those reviews uh, mean the world to us. The reviews are the reason that we keep going with the green dot. You can always so, uh, always send us uh, feedback, feedback at eaa.org. Let us know what's going on. We've gotten some great tips over the, uh, over the months. Uh, and we've resolved some issues because of those things. We've gotten good leads on guests because of those things. So please, by all means, keep it up. So with that, Dennis, Jim, Sarah, maybe even Ken, continue to have a uh, have both fun and sun down there at Sun and Fun. And for the rest of you, we'll talk to you next time when you're cleared to land on the green dot.